Welcome to Imagine Radio, featuring insights and opinions from thought leaders and subject matter experts in the HIM and healthcare industry to help you stay educated and informed. This is Imagine Radio. I'm your host, Todd Youngblood. Welcome back. And I'm delighted to have our next guest with us. We had a chance to chat about a week or so ago. And I admitted to her I took great notes and then (laughs) accidentally threw them all away. So you were kind enough to let me (laughs) off the hook on that one. But please welcome Debbie Primo. She's president of Primo Consulting. Welcome. Thank you very much. Just to kick us off, Debbie, tell us a little bit about your background. I have been in health information management for well over 40 years. You don't have to say how long. I have to confess. Yes, in progressive roles over the course of many years, got into consulting in about 1990 and started my own business in 2011. Um, Congratulations. Thank you very much. It was quite the great leap. We provide a variety of health information management services as it relates to privacy and security, as well as information governance, auditing, and um, interim management. Well, let's hone in on information governance. That's the thing we really wanted to talk about. And you, frankly, took me by surprise with some of the examples you used of where you look for best practices. So talk about some of these online Goliaths. I think that's the phrase you used. (laughs) Those are the words. That's right. Online Goliaths. What we need to do in healthcare is to be able to take the data and be able to make it usable. Right. And to be able to move forward and to be able to analyze the data and help people improve their health. Doing that, there is an opportunity to be able to learn from some of these online Goliaths, such as Disney and Princess Cruises. If you think about where we're going as an industry, we're not going to be restricted to just the acute care hospital. Mm-hmm. It's really branched out into many, many different areas, particularly as it relates to ambulatory and, of course, these little devices that we right. wear on our wrists all the time. It's beyond Dick Tracy. Now, it's isn't way it? right. beyond yeah. Dick Tracy. Absolutely. So in doing that, we need to be able to figure out how we're going to be able to gather data from so many different disparate sources Mm -hmm. to be able to use to improve the outcomes of our patients and not even patients, but actually just people. Mm -hmm. So we can learn from some of these online clients, these other individuals, because we have what they call the Internet of Things. Right. And that's now impacting us in healthcare. So if we use, for an example, Disney, mm-hmm. they um, have what they now call the medallion, and they have the ability to be able to use that to put it on your wrist, and then they can track activity within the park. So they're going to know where you are within the park. They're going to be able to know, and they're starting this in Orlando, and then mm-hmm. they're going to move it out to the rest of their locations worldwide. So they'll be able to know where the traffic is, what type of food people are eating, where the lines are, um, you can start to use that to schedule the, your rides. So the information then will allow them to have tons of information about that individual within those parks. Okay. Well, as I heard you talk about that, I heard a lot more about data collection and not so much about data analysis and then actually doing something Correct. with all that data. So take us that next step, either in the Disney example or in a healthcare example. Yeah, what you can do in a healthcare example is, I'll give you an example of my daughter. My daughter's a type 1 diabetic and she uses an insulin pump. And so in using that insulin pump, what we would need to be able to do is take that information from not just my daughter, obviously, but from many, many other individuals to be able to use that information on what does she eat? What carbohydrates does she use? What kind of exercise is she using? And it's all automatic. And Mm -hmm. instead of her having to talk to individuals about that, to be able to have that real time downloaded to her doctor so that all of a sudden, if they identify that her blood sugars are going out of line, then they're going to be able to real-time monitor that and to be able to improve her health. So take that data and be able to use it. So if we take the analytics from all of these individuals where we're collecting that data Mm -hmm. and then be able to use that to improve health, 
then we're a long ways ahead of the go. But the only way we can do that is to be able to have information governance, to be able to have the process and the data so that we can trust it. So organizations need to be able to take information governance and apply it to these principles within healthcare so that we can improve patients' lives. Okay, give us some how-tos. How do I apply information governance? It's easier said than done. It's very much easier said than done. You're so right. Well, one of the things that you have to do is you have to be able to start sometimes at the grassroots level. You have to be able to get buy-in from the leadership within your organization. In doing so, you have to set up committees so that you have multidisciplinary committees that are working together to identify that. Let me just stop you for a second. You yeah. know, get buy-in from the top executives. Uh-huh. Talk about that because that, too, is a non-trivial exercise. Right. So you Why have- do I need to spend money right. on this thing that I'm not going to see a return on for for I how think, long, I Debbie? I think you can see the return pretty yeah. quickly, actually. Okay. Much quicker than you would realize. Because well, if, pretend to treat me for a second okay. like you're, you're trying you're to You're a convince. CFO. Yes. Okay, yes. you're a CFO. And I'm going to tell you that if I can start to measure certain indicators within my department, let's start with congestive heart failure. Okay. If I can start to look at congestive heart failure of all the patients within our hospital and I can improve the readmission for those patients, mm-hmm. then all of a sudden you're going to be able to generate decreased increased revenue and decreased readmissions. That's definitely going to be a payoff to that particular facility. All right. So I heard an analytic that was both financial yes. in terms of financial ROI and an improved patient outcome. Did you, I, okay, you got I heard, it. I heard both of those things. Yeah. And how long is it going to take me? I mean, that's the next question I would ask. Uh, it depends yeah, it upon sounds, your organization. First, I have to collect all the data. I have to have the systems to collect all the data. I have to get it. I have to audit it and make sure that it's accurate. And I mean, you know the drill. You do. And yeah. then what software? Do I pull it off the shelf at some store? Mm-hmm. There is some yeah. software out there, but, and you can do that. Mm-hmm. The idea is to set up an information governance plan okay. so that the multidisciplinary groups are working together to identify what measures you're going to want to begin with. And then you have to be able to trust the data. And I think one of the things that we've found is that there is often not good integrity with the data. So if one system is talking differently to another system and those data dictionaries are not defined the same, then you don't have data that you can trust. So you can't move forward. So there's a lot of work that has to be done with these committees to be able to identify how they're going to work through this. Yeah. Now you've used the phrase multidisciplinary groups at least twice so far. Mm -hmm. Who are these people? What are the groups that must be involved? Must be involved. Successful implementation. Um, I would say physicians. Okay. Okay. Clinicians, nursing, health information management, because I really do believe data analytics, but it comes from those within the HIM department who really do understand where the data is coming from. Mm-hmm. It also comes from those top administrative folks. So it comes from the CEO, it comes from the CFO, it comes from the CNO. So you have to have buy in at all levels. Who is the ideal project manager? It can vary in different organizations. I would say that you have to have the top leaders within the organization. So whether it's the CMO, the CIO, the CFO, COO. So somebody at the top has to say, we're going to do this. You got it. Okay. You got it. And then you've got the different levels of the governance. So then you've got the next level that really, those are the ones that identify the initiatives. The multidisciplinary groups are going Mm -hmm. to identify the the initiatives. And then you have those work groups that are really going to get in and identify how they're going to make a change and then pull that back up to the top. How long does it take? Forever. Okay. I knew it was an impossible to answer question, but for, uh, I don't know, pick an example that you can talk us through for a clinic that's X beds. Sure. We'll go back to the congestive heart failure example. You can start very small. And I think that's what many organizations are doing is they're starting small. And it's a very good place to start. With the, I would say if you start with six months, get six months of data, start to look at that data, present the data to the group, 
And then within that group, identify where some process changes can improve. Mm-hmm. Then you're going to take, you know, it's really almost a Lean Six Sigma type of a process. Sounds like it. Yeah. yeah. So that you can identify where the variances are, then put positions in place to be able to improve that, processes in place to be able to improve that, and then analyze it over time. So it depends on how big you want to start or how right. small. Most organizations want to start small. So it's practical for me to think that in six months I can see measurable improvement? Yes, I would say so. I mean, that, that's, that's a think, win-win, right? When I think in terms of Lean Six Sigma, I think in terms of years, yeah, not halves of years. But so let's start small, yeah. start to show the value of what we're doing, and then you can start to add. Debbie, talk about some of the gotchas when somebody starts one of these projects. And let's say there's there's support from the top. Yeah, mm-hmm. It's coming down that, yeah, we need to do this. We must do this for, for all, of the, all the following reasons. So everybody on the team is positive and moving forward. What are the things that are going to break? One of the things that are going to break is you're going to find out that maybe your data isn't as good as you thought it was going to be. Is the data ever as good as you thought it would be? I mean, how big a problem is that? I think it's huge in our industry. Okay, because I've seen it in other industries, in mm-hmm. fact, and the data is always way worse mm-hmm. th- than anybody thought it was. It is. It's okay, unfortunate. So th- and I think that we've been walking around with blinders on, mm-hmm. and we have to take those blinders off now and start to really look at, at truly the integrity of the data. We have to start from the very beginning. We have to go back and look at the different systems and what the definitions are for those. A lab value, for example. Is the lab value in this particular system the same as it is in some other system? Right. So, and that's actually, it's probably the win in this example that we were just using. So you find out where the um, data is and how you don't have trust in the data, and then you have to go back and fix it. It's better than ignoring the situation altogether. Okay, so data integrity is one big issue. What's another yes. one? Resources. Okay, it, it had to be that, yeah. which means how much is this going to cost me, right? Right. Are the skills available? Skills are, are the available. skills out there? It's Absolutely. just a matter of deploying them properly? Yeah, that's absolutely right. Okay. And I think that we in HIM are unique in the fact that we truly do understand the life cycle of revenue, Mm -hmm. but we also understand the life cycle of data, and we understand how to be able to get to the integrity of the data. And I think we in HIM have a responsibility to lead these charges, and unfortunately, a lot of time it's being taken away from us. Debbie, pull out your crystal ball here for a minute. So here's another easy question on the way. Look out over the next, say, three years, and what kind of developments do you see? Developments and or challenges. Wow. One of the things we actually talked about in the House of Delegates today is about the technology and how it's truly taking over in many, many, many ways and areas. The fact that radiologists actually may no longer have radiology positions because radiology is going to become automated. So wow. Yeah. Can wow. you imagine? <laughs> yeah. So even physicians that have studied for years and have masses amount of, of information, schooling, With artificial intelligence, these algorithms that's going to be built are going to be able to much more quickly identify the source of a disease. So how do you take those algorithms? And that's truly about information governance. How are you going to get all that data in to be able to capture it and ensure that it's good data? Wow. Debbie, I wish we had more time. We were already over our time limit, but it's just such a fascinating topic. It is fascinating. The possibilities are mind-boggling. And I guess what you've opened my eyes about a little bit is the financial side of it. Mm -hmm. It's very easy for me anyway to see the clinical, the the patient outcome part of it improving with better information governance. But if we can begin to get the dollars and mm-hmm. sense on it because pragmatically that's when people buy into it got to pay for it there's right. got to be a return on that investment so that's it's right. very encouraging to hear that before i let you go i want to make sure folks know how to get a hold of you and get more information about what primo consulting can bring to the table and help sure sure well we have a website www.primoconsultinggroup.com 
Debbie Primo, president of Primo Consulting, thanks for taking the time. Sharon, just, just, I think, a tiny fraction of your insights and perspectives. So thanks for coming. Thank you, Todd. That wraps this segment. On behalf of my guest, Debbie Primo, I'm Todd Youngblood. Imagine Radio will be back in just a minute. Imagine Radio. 